When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the studio with me today, I have my dear friend, Dr. Avery Jackson, who is one of the best neurosurgeons in the world. I'm not being biased, it's true, and does all these incredible things, and you've become a great friend, and I just love the work that you do. I have watched you do surgery. I've stood next to you and watched you for eight hours. I was so fascinated watching you do the surgery, just your focus, your concentration, how you pray in between. There's just so many questions I want to ask you that I know the listeners are going to benefit so much from. So first of all, let's just start off by, will you explain who you are, what you do, your history? Well, thanks for having me, Caroline. It's a pleasure. It's a delight to spend time with you, as always. And, Thank you. Um, so I'm, I'm a neurosurgeon or a brain surgeon, and um, there are two types of brain surgeons. Usually they're academic brain surgeons, and then they're community brain surgeons. So with the, in the academics, you perform your training, and then you yeah. stay at that university or go to another university, mm-hmm. and oftentimes you specialize in one specific area, such as uh, blood vessels of the brain or brain tumors or, or spine. Mm-hmm. And then for the community neurosurgeon, which is what I am, mm-hmm. uh, 80% of what you do is spine. And then 20% brain, roughly. Okay. And then also that includes peripheral nerve, like carpal tunnel, things like that. Oh, okay. Carpal so tunnel, which I, is the hand. Which is the hand. Yeah. And so And so that's, that's, that's what I do. Wow. And in terms of my background, um, I was born and raised in, in Detroit and um, with a single mom. And, wow. you know, my mom and dad divorced when I was five. Wow. And so I just, uh, my mom's awesome. So when I I've think made of her, she's such a honey. Thank you. And thank your two you. children look just like her. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And so when I think about about those times, um, you know, just special times because my mom was very strong. Mm-hmm. And I think about uh, other women who have uh, are single moms, and um, I can tell you that the kids, especially I, the sons, yes. um, really hold a special place in their hearts for for moms and for women in general. Because you you develop a certain level of respect when you yeah. see mom doing what she's doing yeah. and uh, and providing for family. Yeah. Um, so and that was at about five. And then um, my grandmother had a stroke, and I uh, asked, you know, I was praying, and I said, you know, God, can you help me figure out a way that I can help people like her? Yeah. And so um, at around the age of eight, so roughly second grade, yeah. he told me that he wants me to be a brain surgeon. And he specifically said, actually, neurosurgeon. Wow, and I didn't know. Yeah, and I didn't know what a neurosurgeon was, so I looked it up, and then, <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> and so I, um, so then years at eight, you were already prepared eight, to be a neurosurgeon. That was it. That's it. So I looked it up, and I said, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And from and people didn't believe me. You know, I told my second grade teacher, my third grade teacher, fourth grade teacher, I'm going to be a neurosurgeon, neurosurgeon, it's and so they would all yeah, and they'd always say, you know, no, okay, right, whatever, you know. <laughs> so and I just continued to pursue that. Um, and then I came to know the Lord intimately at the age of 12 and at my church. And, uh, ever since then, he's taken me through my, my education and, and in some challenging times throughout my life. And he's uh, just been quite amazing. Um, so in terms of my formal training after coming out of 
Detroit. I went to the University of Chicago undergrad, and that was a really interesting time. You know, very, uh, just a, a rigorous education. Yeah. And then went to medical school at Wayne State, and that's back home. And yeah. then I went to Northwestern for my general surgery internship. And then uh, then I went to Penn State for neurosurgery wow. training. that's impressive. Thanks. And then University, of, and, and then the Medical College of Wisconsin in Milwaukee for my complex spine fellowship, which is where I learned a lot about spine pathology and kind of and biomechanics and the science of how the spine moves and things. So really neat. So then I took that uh, to uh, a practice in Virginia, and then ultimately my current practice in yeah. in Michigan. And I was employed for a year, and then I bought the practice in two thousand and three. And so I've been employed uh, in my private practice, and I have a staff of 11 people. I have uh, three physician assistants, and I have two medical assistants and a billing staff. And so it's a, you know, it's, it's a very busy place. It's wonderful. I've been there. Um, I've seen it. You have an incredible rapport going on with it. And that's something that you develop with your patients so much as well, isn't right, it? Right, right. And so with my patients, so I, you know, since I do, I'll do a lot of uh, spine surgery and then also brain surgery. um, I pray for my patients as a Christian at home. And uh, one day, some years ago, more than about 10 years ago, God said, um, if if you don't uh, acknowledge me before men, I won't acknowledge you before the father. And that was very sobering, you know, and so I took that to heart and I said, okay, well, I'm going to pray with my patients. And so I asked the patients if I could pray with them. And 99% of the time they said yes. That's a high percentage. So 99. And I've seen you do that pre-surgery go around and just the change on their faces, just to know that care and that loving. It just, it's amazing. It makes such a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And and they've said afterwards, the family uh, has, you know, been really happy with that and patients also. And there are studies confirming that too. There's quite a lot of research showing that the impact and the power of prayer on the on the surgery and the post recovery and the ongoing post recovery is that that's true. And one of the studies about? one of the studies is a study that looked at the, the surgical patient in general, and they use a terminology called the fighting spirit. And so when people are encouraged before surgery they uh, tend to have better outcomes uh, coming out of surgery. And so giving people hope, um, I think, is extremely important. That's so important. Well, the hope changes the neurophysiology, doesn't it? The body prepares more. There's all those studies showing how when you have hope, your body is stronger, your immune system is boosted, that whole psychoneuroimmunology mm-hmm. study. And I mean, that's, isn't, that, that's what you're seeing, literally, exactly. when you're praying for your patients. Exactly. And then also the relationship that you're building. Uh-huh. Isn't that so important, the smiling at the patient and the knowing that you care, that you're not... Because I think that's always been can be a bit of a problem when doctors are a bit too clinical. That's right. So there are two, two pieces with that. So New England Journal of Medicine looked at um, interaction with patients. And so they took two groups. One group was... It was a 10-minute uh, experience with the physician. And so in one group, you didn't look at the patient in the eye, you didn't touch them. And the other group, you looked at the patient in the eye and you made contact with them yeah. physically. And they found that in the group that had the contact, they felt that the time was longer and the quality of care was better. Wow. That's incredible. Is it that other study that I'm sure that you've spoken about and with so, seven minutes a day, the oncology patients? So, uh, yeah. So, and then there's another study looking at uh, optimism. Yes. And so with the... in the in NIH, a couple of NIH studies actually looking at optimism and the results of having a, a good attitude. And, and so in those studies, we they found that uh, for people who are going through major stressors in life, 
that if they had a good attitude, they would recovery was better. And oftentimes, even cancer patients, patients who had fertility issues, uh, uh, cardiovascular issues, heart issues, the patients who were more optimistic did much better in outcome than the ones who weren't. That, that's just so powerful. We have to stress that for the listeners. It, it means it literally means people these major life threatening diseases that people die from cardiovascular and immune and mm-hmm. um, the, what were the others that you were saying? Um, fertility. Fertility. When they I mean, that's have a children and they, fertility. Yeah, that, this is mind driven. This is if you shift mm-hmm. your mindset from a, a negative to a positive. This is not just positive thinking. This mm-hmm. is not just good affirmations. This is real transformational change in your mind that completely influences the neurophysiology of your body, prepares you for either surgery or prepares you for healing. So it shows, Avi, the role that we play in our own physical healing and maintenance of health. That's right. When we look at the structure, so there's the limbic system. And so the amygdala is involved in that, the entorhinal cortex and other parts that are really important. Inside the brain. Inside the brain. Inside the brain. Inside the brain. And so when we, uh, our emotions from the, uh, coming from frontal lobe and then obviously our mind, which is separate than brain, but our mind makes a decision about uh, the situation yep. and that affects our frontal lobe and that affects our thalamus and parts of the brain. And the thalamus will dictate what happens endocrinologically uh, as well as in terms of our autonomic systems. So our yep. parasympathetic sympathetics. So yep. long story short is, is that um, when we think on something, we think in the right way. We'll have good outcomes and we won't have the fight or flight syndrome, which is basically when, again, you're scared then yeah. you have this huge storm of uh, increased cortisol and all these other uh, chemicals that can be good for short periods, but not, for but long. not long periods mm-hmm. and can cause some major problems, including things like autoimmune disorders, cancer, and so forth. And there have been many studies, actually studied by the NIH by Dr. Bauer, who also looked at this and saw that there was increased... Uh, um, Killer T cells and or T cells and natural killer cells, which are part of the immune system, and so increased cells are good when they're good thoughts, and they're bad, they're and they can become thoughts. destructive so when you have of, bad thoughts. Which and is so ama- be, no, that's amazing. Just related to optimism is the concept of loveness that I always teach on, and mm-hmm. you think of um, optimism, loveness. You, you you're creating a loving environment inside your body by the way that your mind is working. Mm-hmm. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? Because I yeah. know that it's something you're fascinated with. Sure, very fascinated, and so yeah. and basically, uh, you know, I think think about in first john you know he talks about love and what is love and so and how you have to have god has to be in that equation and so when you have him in that equation you know who you are and how much he loves you then that effect on your body physiologically uh, is paramount and that's how we can get rid of the cancers and the autoimmune disorders and all the other issues which is incredible because the the oncology research is showing that up to 98 percent of cancer is coming from the mind you know, so just to how our mind is, is driving that. So we, everyone's, obviously there are other factors in, involved mm-hmm. as well, but mm-hmm. our body weakens when we're out of love, and, and love is the top addiction. So it's That's actually right. quite fascinating that there's such a strong interrelation mm-hmm. between these. So you as a neurosurgeon, as a brain surgeon, you do you see in your patients, like when you meet, when they come to you for their initial clinical um, appointments and then your time that you work with them before surgery and that kind of thing in post, do you see a mind... A difference in mind and attitude in terms of impact of how they how they go through surgery post surgery, what is that link yeah. there between mind? Because that's a question I get asked so much. 
about is your mind going to my dad's going to neurosurgery or my mother's got this or I've got to go through that? How important is my mind involved? Can you speak to that as sure. a neurosurgeon? And, and especially when we talk about pain. So in, in okay, back, that's good. It's, that's pain good. is a huge issue, right? It's yeah. subjective. So people who have kind of a negative attitude going into surgery tend to continue to have some form of pain after surgery. Oftentimes it's, it's mitigated, so it's a little bit better. Yeah. But those people who are optimistic mm-hmm. saying, I know that this is going to help, it does help. And so attitude is extremely important. Okay, so say that again. So those people who go into surgery with that, ad, that mindset of this procedure is going to help me, they come out of surgery with less pain and better results. Now that is powerful. And even to the point where people don't even have as much pain medication. Yes, that's right. You Decreased know, that's, narcotics. That's, and that's especially with the, uh, opioid, the opioid epidemic, epidemic right now. You can't do Huge. Health. Huge. It's so easy to, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you've seen cases where people are out of post-surgery, they get prescribed like six months of opioids when they really don't need them for more than a couple of days, yeah. maybe yeah. in the hospital, yeah. and then could go into something much, much lower dosage. And it's so much to do with the mind. So don't you think doctors should involve a lot more helping mindset training in the surgery preparation, not just the boom, you've got this, you need surgery, yeah. sign the form, consent forms, and that's and, I right. know, and I know you don't do that. I know you prepare your patients. Can you talk sure, a little bit about sure. that? Sure, And so, yes, we prepare our, prepare our patients in the sense that we say, here are expectations. So that's mm-hmm. the first piece. Um, and second piece is we say that this surgery is a larger surgery, so it may require some assistance in terms of narcotic, a little bit longer than the shorter surgeries. But the whole point is, is that now that you've had surgery, your expectation should be different than before surgery because you no longer have a pain generator. So that's very important. Really good. Yeah. That's that's brilliant. You know, it, the the thing has been removed. So there's yes. a, a tremendous amount of mind in medicine, but it's not trained in medicine sufficiently, is right. it? That's right. So where have you gained these skills? Because yeah. you and definitely use mind in sure, medicine. Sure. And obviously, with with uh, your 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 books, and uh, and that's oh, one of the ways honest. that we met, right? That's one of you know <laughs> in terms you of switching off your brain. About four years ago, didn't you? Yes, exactly. And mm-hmm. uh, I was so impressed with. Uh, one of the lectures that you had in your ministry, and I said, I'm telling you, you were spot on. And I just illustrated that as a neurosurgeon, your science was solid. Your neuroscience was solid. Your neurophysiology was solid. And I just wanted to make that comment and just to kind of, um, you know, just to let you know how impressed I was. And that this, when you're speaking, you're not making this up. This is everything you've done is based on solid research and solid neuroscience. And so I just wanted to recognize that. Oh, well, I'm, I'm so honored. And the book that you really, that just, that makes me feel so, it gives me the encouragement to carry on and to keep on, you know, you, you, you've got your hands in the brain every day and in the spine. So you knowing this stuff, it's just so good for the listeners to hear that mm. science and scientists are recognizing the importance of mind, the mind-brain connection and how much power we have over our own lives. The book you're referring to is the Switch on Your Brain Switch book. Switch on Your Brain book, that's now, right. That book has really been something that was mm-hmm. something for a, a project of my heart, honestly, something that just to try and help people to recognize and understand and bring complex science down to the level of where we can take this into our own lives and apply it. So that, that particular book, um, I love it too. I, even though I learned so much writing that book, so thank you for adding my, to my knowledge as we've talked through this. Oh, that's very kind of and I, we've got so much more to talk about. Every day is like the TBI. I want to talk about TBI. We get so many questions about traumatic brain injury, um, chronic chronic traumatic encephalopathy, mm-hmm. CTE from post concussions, etc. 
um, from football, from all the different sports. But we're going to have to do another. We're going to have to do another podcast, and I have to have you back because I just have a million questions for you. And I know the viewers. I want to talk about ADHD and kids. You have some incredible stories. So I need. Will you come back again? Yes. Wonderful. Thanks thank you. Me. Thank you for spending thank the time you. with me. You're just thank incredible, you. and thank you for what you do with your patients and how many lives you touch. Thank you. Thank you.